welcome to the latest edition of the Scottish Indie Podcast. Tonight I'm joined by, without a doubt, the most requested guest for this podcast. I've most got the shambolics on. Oh, honestly. I don't no believe in that either. Like. <laughs> well, that, that, that's a completely unique intro I just gave you there and you've already, <laughs> after 30 seconds. <laughs> Guys, welcome along. Well, I don't know who would want to fucking listen to us. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be surprised this maybe says a lot for my listenership rather than anything else <laughs> that's cool though I appreciate that ah, I that everybody's but... wanting to um, listen in to us or that we've been requested a lot certainly have been and I'll ask a few generic questions to get us going it's obviously been difficult times but we're beginning to come out of them how's it getting on how's the families and you've relocated as well recently how's that been it's good, man. Glasgow's the place to be. And it was in Fife. We weren't really, like, it was good, but I felt like we weren't going to get any further forward, you know what I mean? So Glasgow's the place to be for music and stuff. And then because nothing was going on, on during COVID, it just made sense for us to move during that time when there's nothing going on, you know what I mean? No, absolutely. And it, it kind of it brings you closer to, I guess, I guess what's considered the... The central hub for music in Scotland. Nah, it's, Glasgow's the best place to be for music. And like, even when our manage our management are from London, so even when he came up here, we'd need to go um, to Glasgow and stuff to meet him. So it just makes it easier for all that stuff. Obviously, there's loads of venues and stuff, loads of musicians through here, and even going to England's easier because it's easier to them set. So uh, it just made sense. You all down at the the football fest at Manchester at the start of the week. Aye, it was class. We were down in Manchester. We never got to stay for um, the game because we had to rent the van early, uh, later on the Sunday because we had to, and then give it back on the Monday afternoon because we were away early down to Manchester. So we never stayed for the day, but um, it was probably for the best considering how shite the game was. <laughs> So I was absolutely gutting after all the build-up, eh? I, I, there was just too much build-up, I think. Even us going down, we had like a Scottish playlist on and stuff. Um, getting over-excited. But I think the media has just bigged it up a lot as well. Fair enough, it's our first competition in 23 years or whatever it is. So I, I get the build-up, but maybe we just um, got a bit too excited. <laughs> How much have you enjoyed the, the build-up? Because there has been enough. I know that we, we get a bit overexcited and we're sitting here 24 hours ahead of the England game, but the buzz around the country in the build-up has been good at a time where there's a lot of division across the country. It's good people just backing the one cause for a change. Aye, the build-up's been good, definitely. And um, it's just unexpected, just because we've never really seen it in our lifetime, do you know what I mean? So it's just something different. But And the, the, the videos of the... Scotland fans are arriving in London today. It's just mad. I wish I was down there, to be honest. It looks mega. And they didn't really seem to give a shit that they lost on um, Monday. Do you know what I mean? So I think everybody's just happy that we're in the competition. And they're not, it has gotten about the result. But I think we all know what way the results are going to go the next two games. So uh, I think everybody's just happy to be there. It's, it's kind of a case, as, as Scott say anyway, that we're... We're quite well adjusted to taking defeat. We're going to be on the bevy regardless, put it that way. It's, exactly. It's, kind of, it's, a, it's a party more than anything else. No, oh, of course. I think, every, like I said, everybody's just buzzing to be there. 
what we'll do is we'll, we'll move in and we'll, we'll get into the band and we'll focus on the early days to start with. That seems like a, a sensible place to start. You've been together for, for over six years now. Can you tell us a bit about the, the formation of the band, the early days, the, the jamming and the, the, the first couple of gigs? Um, well, me, Jordan and Lewis had known each other for ages. And then I first met um, Jordan and Lewis when we were about 16. It's at the place, see our, our latest single, the artwork to that. I'll just mm -hmm. get onto that quick, straight away. You probably had questions about that, and I'm just getting right onto that already, just to promote <laughs> it. <laughs> but uh, the, late, the latest single we brought out is um, the artwork to that is where I first met Lewis and Jordy. We used to kick about there as young teams and stuff. So we were playing in the band for a wee while, and we had another drummer and stuff, but then Jake came along, who was totally the right man for us. He's just the boy. Um, so then Jake joined us about 2019 and then Scott joined us just recently on the Keys pretty much when we moved to Glasgow so I, everything's going all good man it's like we, we, we all live together now do you know what I mean so um, we're really going for it this year Yeah what I'll do is I'll, I'll wrap up the notes here because we, we started talking about the new single so we might as well continue there the, Aye, the, the, let the, it flow fuck it <laughs> <laughs> These are the best ones, the ones that are near the hairst. Exactly. Jordan, it's, a, it's an anthem. It really is it's something that the reaction to it. I was actually just reading through the reaction when you revealed the, the single on Friday there. And there's not a bit of criticism about it. It's, it's a cracking song that has really captured the, the attention of, of so many people. And I think the other thing, it's kind of like. Uh, chasing a disaster in the, the sense that the video's got the, the lyrics going across because you can actually already visualise yourself when gigs come back. Everybody singing Sing along. It's, it's just a, it's aye, a aye, tune. Aye, people aye, say, it's a total summary tune. Like. Aye, people say it's going to be like chasing, like it's going to be the the anthemic summary one that they sing live. Do you know what I mean? So... Uh, you're totally right by saying it's similar to Jason. I think this one, like this is obviously we think it's one of our best songs, but this was more to get the ball rolling and stuff as well because obviously it's been quiet for a long time. We've no released music for a long time. Gigs are going to come back soon, so it was just like let's just put. We've done barely any build up for this. We're like fuck it, we'll just surprise everybody. Put a new song out, and then we'll have um, we'll get the ball rolling again. So. I think the momentum's in our way in that now. Um, we're no holding back this year. There's going to be more new music, so it's going to be good. Obviously, prior to lockdown, there was the St. Luke's gig, and everything just seemed to be coming up on your side. That You had so much momentum behind you, and then the world just turns to shit for 18 months, and it must be very difficult to then kind of keep the heads up. You've re-released uh, Love Collides, and I'm not getting into that too much, but I've heard you say before there was some issues with the, the label when you kind of had a few regrets over the fact that you didn't release a new song rather than releasing. Uh, uh, I think the regrets maybe just like the guilty for like our actual fans, you know what I mean? Because like we've got all these new songs sitting there and we just never released any, so it was a wee bit of guilt if anything, because we should have like, and obviously like I think that there would, we would have kept the momentum going if we released new music. You know what I mean? But I suppose it's just like it was probably just bad timing as well because when we released that, the second wave of coronavirus hit pretty hard. 
Do you know what I mean? So like we and I'm like we we were thinking that um, we we're going to get back to playing live after we released it, and then the second wave hit, so it was just a bad timing and stuff as well. But it's still done. It's still done well, and it was good to. F- we never had love collides on Spotify because we had bad stuff with a label like. Um, three years ago or something when we first released it where we had to take it off Spotify so we never had um, that on Spotify so it was good that it's back up there looking on the positive side of it but I, I still reckon we should have released new music and that's our main goal this year is just to release new music make sure that there's new music out there for everybody There must be see even through conversations and interviews I've heard previously you've got a lot of stuff ready to go there as well so there's nothing better for momentum than having that artillery there to, to just to get yeah, out definitely. and then that's a, that's the a plan as well is to write much more this year as well because sometimes it's been a bit hard to get like the motivation and stuff because we're not playing live but it's definitely that's definitely what we want this year is to write more just going back to, to the early days, we're, we're going to just jump all over the shop here. I won't lie to you, but uh, <laughs> I, I noticed from the, the formation of the band, you made a bit of an interesting call and played most of your gigs out with Kirkcaldy in the, the local area. Whereas, even growing up in Muddle myself, most of the, the local bands they, they played be pub shows and, and, and such like, and then branched out to Glasgow, Edinburgh, Aberdeen, or whatever. But you played most of your gigs out with that. You got a lot of success and, and got the chance to play venues like Tuts. You played Redding, uh, Isle of Wight. And then you come back and you play to 600 people. So you kind of skipped the the local bit where you're playing all the, the dive boozers and everything else and suddenly going right up to a, a massive following. Aye, well, the thing is, we have played all them. Like, it just doesn't really get heard of because... With Shambolics, when we first formed, we kind of avoided, we just went straight out on the road. We bought we bought this wee van and we went right out on the road. And then we still played venues in Kirkcaldy. But what we done was, and we'd sell them out. Our first ever gig in Kirkcaldy, we sold it out and it was about 300 caps. So we'd make the money from their gigs, which would then uh, fund us going on tour. Do you know what I mean? So... <laughs> But see, before the Shams, like, I've played every single shit pub up and down this country. And Jordy and Lewis and stuff were playing shit pubs um, before the Shams and another band. So we would definitely have done all the crappy wee pubs before, but it's just at the time, no one gave a fuck. So, <laughs> and it was before the Shams as well. So no one really knew about it. But trust me, we've played the dives before. And it's probably why we're still here today because we've grafted for the, for the bottom. Do you know what I mean? We've never been handed anything. So I've been grafted. I, I get exactly where you're coming from. And one of my, my mates uh, was in the, the La Fontaines, and I can remember they bought a redeveloped bus, and it was a, oh my god, it was fucking horrendous. It was honestly one of the worst things you'll you'll ever see. And that bus broke down at all parts of the UK, and I think. I think it went overseas at one point as well, um, which was an absolutely ludicrous idea. The stories of, of bands getting out and just almost kind of making your own headlines and making your own moments, it's a, it's a proper DIY approach to it. Nah, we had a few moments like that. I mean, our bus was a absolute shiter as well, to be honest, but it never <laughs> broke down as much. We still had, like, but it still got us to where we had to be, do you know what I mean? It's still 
went from A to B and never broke down as much, but it was it was good. It was class. We nearly died on the way to London, though, mind. Aye, aye, that was a funny. <laughs> I, on, I was on the way to a McGee gig, uh, and um, I ended up bursting two wheels. Like, we must have went over some, and two of the wheels just popped pretty much, and then it swerved for, like, the outside lane to the inside one. It was fucking... It was mad, but there's been a few things like that. But overall, it was it was a memory that bus walrus the wagon we called it. The other kind of notes we'll talk about, yeah, you know, your earlier sort of years, and it's, it's kind of continued uh, to now, I guess. That as well as supporting Scottish bands, you've been playing with Scottish bands. You've also supported a raft of a big names from like the Britpop era and stuff like that as well. That that must take you out to. To a wider audience and give you the opportunity to to build your platform. Ah, it's good. Like it's good, good experience with the bands as well. It'd be good to get a bit more supports for like um, bands who have got the young teams. You know what I mean? Like the young crowd and stuff. The young mad crowd. Someone like Cortinas or something. That would be or Jerry Cinnamon or something. Someone like that would be class. But the but I'm no dissing the other sports we've had with the old Britpop bands because they've been really good and we've had the chance to play some venues that we would never have been able to play ourselves at this moment in time. Do you know what I mean? So that's been class. You know, I think that, that potentially starts now when you're talking you're a couple of months away from, from Transmit and you, you look at things like Jerry Cinnamon playing the, the King Tut stage there only two or three years ago, the Snuts playing the, the main stage to a ridiculous yeah. crowd as well. That that seems to be just like Teen the Park was all these years ago for for guys like yourselves and for music fans like myself. It's, it was almost kind of where Scottish acts made their their big breakthrough moment, where properly in front of thousands of people, they just went yeah. there and and battered it out of the park. I think that's what this is going to be for us. I think it's going to be going to be um i mean like we can't really we're not allowed to say too much but it's going to be a big year after transmit put it that way it's going to be a big year so i it's going to be a really good moment playing there and we've always wanted to play it so i can't wait it's going to be class you mentioned alan mcgee and he signed for creation 23 in september of 2019 uh such a prominent figure in the world of music how much has working with Alan enhanced the potential of the band and the, again that platform that I mentioned in terms of bringing you out to a wider audience? It's been class, man. He's a good guy. And we had some good times when we were on creation. It was like, it was good to kind of work because we kind of dreamed of working with him uh, like when we were starting out and stuff. And it was absolutely class. Um. I think it was the right timing as well, do you know what I mean? And we kind of got bigger, we doubled in size by no really, like I was dissing earlier, no releasing new music and doing the re-releases and stuff. We kind of never really released new music the whole time we were on creation and we doubled in size. Do you know what I mean? We're playing like 600 caps and we've got things in the pipeline that are even bigger. So it's all been worth it. It's been a great journey so far. And then the journey that we're about to do this year is going to be even better. Do you know what I mean? So everything's on the right path. In terms of going through the, the years of the band, I was reading a, an interview uh, with yourself from 2019. And you mentioned that you kind of felt like you were sometimes a bit of an unfortunate band that had to go through some difficult times and 
kind of mishaps almost it would occur with the band. And oh, one of the kind of second or third times I saw you was at the Old Fruit Market with the Blue Tones. And it, was that it was when just, the amp was breaking? Uh, up a shit show. Uh, everything, everything just went wrong, but at the same time, you still got a really good reception at the end of it. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't know whether it was it was Halloween that night as well, if I remember rightly, and it did feel like it was quite a, a bevied up crowd, but they, they uh-huh. took to you and they, they took to the tunes. And, and not only that, you kind of you struggled through and you, you got on with it. It would have been just as easy just to go, do you know what? It's not happening tonight and, and walk <laughs> off. But yeah, it's, a few times we've been close to that, but <laughs> no, it was all good. You just see the gigs like that, you just need to crack on to the end and then like just see it out, do you know what I mean? Just hope that it doesn't happen at the next gig. But the, the thing with that as well is we were um we were mega busy around about that time. Like we, I'm sure that was the weekend we released Chasing. Um and we were in the studio recording the next song for the next two days round about that time. And I'm sure we had things on for like five days on the trot. So it was like studio for like twelve hours and then playing that gig. Do you know what I mean? So it was quite quite a busy day and then obviously for it to fuck up right at the back right at the back yeah. So aye. Shit happens though. And like he says it seems uh, people seem to be receptive here. So that's the main thing, as long as they're sound with us, do you know what I mean? As long as we're not getting booed off stage, I'm happy. And you I'm, I'm not sure if that was the, the return to Glasgow in March, the St. Luke's gig last year. But if everything went wrong at the old fruit market five months previously, it couldn't have went much better on that night. Uh, the atmosphere was absolutely ridiculous and it just felt like you were watching something really coming together. I know. It's just the timing's really bad yet because like, it was such a good gig. And like you say, the momentum was behind us. The gig was absolutely amazing. Um, I think that we were one of the last gigs to go ahead in Scotland. Like that was one of the, I'm sure COVID happened like a week or two after that, like lockdown and stuff. So we were one of the last gigs to go ahead and it was it was amazing. It was pretty much like we'd always dreamed of playing like venues like that. and obviously we dream bigger now, but it was just class to play a venue that size. It's double the size of what we usually play. And some in that capacity that's in a place that's not our hometown. Do you know what I mean? It's quite an achievement for where we come from. We didn't come for a night like an easy place, and, and it's not an easy place to make it out of there. So, aye, it was a total achievement for us. But there's going to be bigger to come. So it's not like again, everything's on the right path, and we're just going to take off for where we left off, which was St. Luke's. So everything's all good, man. And it was a brilliant night. I want to touch on the isolation tunes, and that was almost kind of weekly covers. You were you were just battering them out. How important were these for you guys just to get yourselves through these initial tough times when there was so much uncertainty and we kind of just wondered what was going to come next we were, we were sitting in our house watching the Tiger King absolutely <laughs> <laughs> it was uh... Tiger King was a man that was the best part of lockdown fuck the shambolics <laughs> lockdown cover <laughs> but, um... I, I would say you were a close second though <laughs> that's all that's funny because all that I remember if you locked in is that Tiger King and our fucking covers <laughs> but <laughs> I, the covers were good it was um because we've got like a home studio set up and that just and because it, like I, I think loads of bands were looking for stuff to do during lockdown and we hit the nail right in the head I think we were quite fortunate to be able to home record stuff and send stuff 
to each other and recording whatever mix. So, I uh, just we thought, fuck it, let's give this a go because we've seen like Blossoms and that done some cool covers. So, we were like, let's try it, and we done it. And uh, like you say, it seemed to go down the storm at the time when we done it as well. It was peak like first lockdown when everybody was indoors. So everybody was just sitting on social media anyway. And the tunes that we done were quite uplifting tunes as well. So. I actually think that's might of what helped it, like people be so into it because of our like uplifting songs that we've done. We've talked about how difficult it's been for for bands, and basically it comes up in, in every one of the podcasts I've done since I started it in April. But it seems like you guys adapted a bit better than most to the pandemic, and and did kind of try and get on with things the best you could, I guess. I definitely we just tried to turn the negative into a positive, do you know what I mean? Um, again, like we got, at the start of the pandemic, we seemed to get off to a good one with the lockdown covers and that. We probably should have tried to think outside the box um, towards the end and and do like more stuff online. But then at the same time, you didn't want to be sitting on social media every single day because it will drive you mad, do you know what I mean? So kind of felt like that would, like we had to take, uh, it's good to go quiet now and again. So, I, towards the end of lockdown we're quite quiet but we're doing stuff behind the scenes and this is us just kind of coming back again but I, and we, we were very present at the start of lockdown and it's, it seemed to be good for our socials and stuff, do you know what I mean? And everybody seems to mention the lockdown covers and stuff in interviews so it's obviously done done good Another kind of thing that I've noted about just following you for a couple of years is, is the fact that you're a band with a, a real social conscience as well. You, you mentioned even the kind of difficulties to come out um, at Kirkcaldy or, or work your way up. And I think, and it's, again, it's something, uh, maybe a bit of a broken record sometimes on here, but I do think that Scottish people aspiring to do better, some people straight away look down their nose at them because they think, why should oh, you have any ambition or, or 100%. any dreams? Yeah, and totally. It's a thing for this, the... Where we're from is a small town and there's small town mentality. And we we probably had that in the early days too, but not at the point where we'd like look down on folk that were gone for it. Do you know what I mean? And like, that's what a lot of people are like with us in Kirkcaldy. Now, we still sell out gigs there and we still get loads of love there and stuff, but there is a lot of negativity as well. But fuck them. That just motivates us. Do you know what I mean? Like, I love to prove cunts like that wrong, so... Fuck them all. And you'll always get people like that. The better you do, the more people hate you. So when there's people talking shit about you, that's when you're doing something right. So that's the way I see it. That, that's it, because there's we're in a, a year where already we're sitting at, well, we're halfway through the year. We've had two Scottish bands have a number one album. So why can you not dream big? Exactly. It's, it's absolutely possible because... There's two glowing examples in Mogwai and it's not this, just this year that have went on and, and done it. Um, they've worked their way up. I'm sure there's been plenty of rough times. I'm pretty sure there'll be plenty of people that told them they couldn't do it. But they've went out and done it. And I think the, the nice thing about that has been the outpouring of support for them as well when they achieved that. Because I, they are surely forging a path for other bands, why not the Shams to come through and, and do the exact same next year or, or whenever that album finally comes out? It, it's going to be 
an exciting exactly. time where there's loads of appetite for guitar music. It's, it's a really strong time, especially in Scotland where the scene is thriving. Yeah, I agree. There's no harm to dream big. And it's good being Scottish now. Because like you say, the Scottish scene is thriving. It's doing well. In terms of the other thing I was noting about the social conscious, it was the, the food bank gig in, in 2019. They, the world was was normal at that point, and it's hard to kind of reflect on a time that it was normal. But they, uh, how how important is these local roots to to the band and, and taking care of of those that have, have maybe taken care of you guys as you, as you were growing up and and making your way out of Kirkcaldy. It's definitely important. The I, I just every year we're going to try and do a charity gig, and it makes sense to go and do the food bank gig because you know I mean we've been in the struggle before. I've been on food bank before, so as I'm very important for us to get to get back. You know what I mean? And if we can make them like the reason why we first done it is because the Kirkcaldy food bank was about to go under and it needed urgent help, and we were like, well, we can easily raise money here by putting on any old gig. And um, we put on a, a small gig and we ended up raising, I think it was 1.3 thousand, I think. And then loads of food and donations and, and that as well. And it was quite vital to keeping the food bank alive. There was obviously a lot of other people in, in, that helped raise money and stuff and donated money in the town. But um, aye, that pretty much was quite key on keeping the food bank alive. So since then, it was like, let's just do this every year. So the, the um, live stream that we've done recently I don't know if you've seen it in December. Um, Kyle Faulkner yeah. Yeah, and James Allen joined us for it. And um, I, that was all donated to Kirkcaldy Food Bank as well. Just because we couldn't play a live gig this year, we thought we may as well donate the proceeds to the food bank um, for that. So that was our one this year. And then we'll have one next year as well. So we're going to make it a regular thing where we do a charity gig at the end of the year. It's always good to do a charity gig near Christmas time as well. Do you know what I mean? Giving back, so and Kirkcaldy Food Bank, it means a lot to us. So happy to do that. And it just shows you, I suppose, four months later, the, the need for for food banks was was so prominent because of the, the difficulties in the and people losing their jobs unexpectedly, and you just never know the day that that you might have to you might have to rely on in somewhere like that, and and that's where. The generosity of the the people that like yourselves that have supported that and, and kind of helped it survive becomes yeah, so it's vital. Like, it's, uh, it's it's sad to consider, I guess, but the there's a message yeah. there. And it's not exactly hard for us to do it. Do you know what I mean? Just put on a small gig and donate all the profits to it. We got a good like a good night out. There's people that are coming. Are essentially donating to chat like the fans are coming to the gig. It's them that are donating to charity as well and stuff. So, and it just makes sense. You know what I mean? There's no harm in us doing it. We're not interested in making like if we're not getting paid for that gig or whatever because there's barely any money in the music industry anyway. Do you know what I mean? So it makes no difference for us to do it. So as we're going to definitely be doing this every year. And the, the most recent thing has been the Artists United Collective with the, the All Together Now cover. That was with the point of, of helping save music venues around the UK and it's, it's a worrying thing as a music fan to, to look out and see that some venues that you've enjoyed such incredible moments in may not exist when the time comes to 
to resume. Aye. So it's uh... as as class it this feeling put that on. That was um, the promoters this feeling's idea, and they put that gig on with loads of other artists and stuff. And it was brilliant. It was good. Fair play to them. It's raised a fair bit of money for music venues. Trust. It was good for us to go down to Liverpool and um, record with them and stuff. So I had a re- really good time doing that. And shout out to this feeling in Scots menswear for putting that on. Fair play to them. We kind of got into, into slightly more serious and I guess depressing topics there, but we'll bring it up a notch and... You've got a host of festival dates ahead of... The, sun, the sun's shining now. We should talk about positive fears. It's <laughs> going to be England in the morning and stuff. It's all going to... Everything's looking good. <laughs> Everything's rosy in the garden until 10 o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> aye, <laughs> aye, then we'll all be depressed. <laughs> well, well, maybe I did this bit out if it goes out after the game. If no, then we'll record again and we'll have a... Well, <laughs> <laughs> You've got a host of festival dates ahead of the, the headline dates in October. Uh, it's definitely going to be long until that buzz is back at playing live and, and carrying on that momentum No, it's going to kick off soon and hopefully we'll have some new music out for them as well but just getting back on stage is what we're about to do do you know what I mean it was good to get back on stage on Monday there um, but like a proper gig with loads of people no social distancing and that that's what we can't wait to get back to the real the real McCoy is to say it's going to be mega and transmitting stuff's looking like it's just going to go off. Like what you say, that's going to be the turning point, I think. There's going to be loads of stuff changing after that, like in size. So it's going to be brilliant, man. What it is, I'll finish up with the, the usual kind of questions I, I do ask. Looking for, I'll take one from each of you, if you don't mind, a Scottish band that we may have heard of, may not have heard of, that uh, you would like to recommend and, and give a wee shout out to. Cool, I'll let the boys go first. Um, I'll go with Pandas. Uh, they're a new band uh, for Glasgow. Uh, they recorded with us in our studio in Glasgow recently. Uh, the great wee band. Uh, I'll go for, there's a band called Dictator. I'll go for them, their quality. Yeah, I've had them on. They were really nice they're guys as well. Yeah. Aye. A proper nice, like. I'll go Aye. for the Corries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm joking. I'll go for uh, PG Kiara Letter. He's from um, Boy from Kirkcaldy who's going for it. And fuck it, while I'm on the Kirkcaldy thing too, we'll say PG, I'll, I'll day two, I'll say PG Kiara Letter and her mate Dov. Dov's a friend of the band as well. So two Kirkcaldy boys who are doing it in the music. And what I'll do is I'll link up uh, to. Till four of those acts. In fact, we'll make it five. We'll give the Corries a. That van journey clearly changed you on Monday. That was. Uh... Uh, yeah, I was changed a long time ago with the Corries. I done North Coast 500 once and I saw I had blaring while we were driving around it. Never been the same man. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe our story for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> for those that haven't heard Shambolics, where can people find your music? What have you got coming up that you can plug as well? I, I know we've mentioned a few of the festival dates. Uh, the platform's yours to, to sell yourselves. Just, just the usual, mate. Our, our handle's Shambolics Music, and you can get us on the usuals like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, pretty much every social media platform. 
And the, the dates are in October, is that right? The, the next Scottish ones? Well, the yeah. next Scottish headlines? I'm sure it's 7th, 8th and 9th of October. Um, the Dundee one's just sold out. I'm sure that's the 9th of October. And uh, Edinburgh's only got like, I think it's 20 tickets left. So they should be gone in the next week or two. That's on Thursday, the 7th of October. And we've got Aberdeen on Friday, 8th of October. And Tran- the big one transmit on Friday, the 10th of September. Guys, this has been a, a pleasure getting the, the opportunity to speak to you. Uh, all those people that recommended you and, and requested you on there, uh, they hopefully feel vindicated by by the last 40 minutes of conversation here. Right. I wish you all the best for the festivals as well. Uh, it's definitely all going your way. You can just feel the, the buzz around the band just now. It's a really exciting oh, cheers, time man. and I wish you all the best, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having us on. Listening to the Scottish Indie Podcast, we'll be back in around about 10 days. Until then, thank you and goodbye.